So we're continuing to make our way through Ephesians. We're, we're coming to the end of this great epistle that we've been studying for quite some time now. And we've also entered into this series on the subject of spiritual warfare. So we're, we're in the, you know, the, the beginning stages of the series. And we're, we're, we talked initially about just the realization, the fact that we are in a spiritual battle. Last week, we looked a little bit uh, more at, um, at our enemy, got, got to get a, a better understanding biblically of, of just who Satan is and these principalities and powers. And we want to continue on uh, with that a little bit today. So, you know, it's, it's a little bit tough. I know you come to church and you hear a message about the devil, you know, and it's like, <laughs> wait, is that right? But, um, well, of course, you're not going to really hear about him anywhere else. And, um, but we need, to, we need to hear, we need to understand these things because uh, he is our adversary. He is opposing God. He's opposing the advancement of the kingdom of God. He's opposing the work of the spirit of God in our lives, so it, uh, it behooves us to know a little bit about him. So we're going to look a little bit further into that today. So previously, we learned that uh, we're in the spiritual battle. Uh, we learned about our adversary, the devil. We learned that he is exceedingly powerful, that he is uh, ultra-intelligent. He's thoroughly wicked and forever the enemy of God and man. And we also saw in the passage that we read together today, uh, we looked at it previously, that he is um, the ruler. He and these evil forces are the ones who are actually ruling over the world. So what I want to do today is draw your attention now more specifically to his activity in the world. What, what are the things that, that he is doing? And believe it or not, you might be shocked to find this out, but the devil is, is working in, sometimes in the realm of nature through what we would often call natural disaster. Sometimes Satan can actually be the, uh, the forces the force behind those kinds of things. He's working in the world uh, societally. Uh, he's orchestrating the philosophies and things that, that govern uh, the societies uh, throughout the world. And then he's also working in the realm of religion. And so those are the three areas that we want to consider today. So... Um, the, the reason, again, that this is important also is to, to be able to understand ourselves and then maybe give an explanation to others why the world is in the condition that it's in. Because we hear people all the time criticizing our faith, saying things like, well, you know, if, if uh, God is good like you say, if God is love like you say, uh, then why is the world in the state that it's in? Well, the devil is the explanation for that. Yes, God is good. 
Yes, he is loving. Yes, he did create the world in, in a state of perfection. It was all good, but something happened. And that thing that happened has everything to do with this person that we are uh, looking at today, this person commonly called the devil. So let's look first at the devil's work in the realm of nature. Did you know that Satan has a degree of power over nature? Do, do we know that? Do we understand that? And when we get word of uh, some catastrophic thing that's happened, maybe uh, a, a great earthquake and a resulting tsunami or, or a powerful hurricane or uh, tornadoes ripping through a, a region and, and destroying so many lives or flooding, the, these kinds of things that we hear about rather frequently do we realize that many of these things are in reality a result of the devil's activity? Now, I'm not saying that every time there is an earthquake or every time there is a hurricane or some natural sort of disaster that on every occasion that that is the devil. Uh, that, that's not true. But I think his hand is in these things more than we would often think. Now, we know that there are times when a judgment like this, a catastrophic, cataclysmic kind of a judgment, we know that there are times when God is directly responsible. We have biblical examples of that. Of course, the greatest example would be the flood. God was the one who brought a flood upon the earth and destroyed uh, the majority of humanity because of sin. And then we have uh, another example in the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah recorded for us in the, the 19th chapter of the book of Genesis, this fire and brimstone that's coming down, that's being rained down from heaven. Uh, we also have an example of it in the destruction of Egypt through the plagues. So in each one of those cases, of course, God was the one who was bringing a judgment and he was using natural disaster, if you will, to bring that judgment. So some disasters are the result of God's judgment. Some disasters are truly natural. They are natural. There, there's no spiritual force manipulating nature. It's just something that naturally occurs because we live in a world that is subject to this kind of decay and corruption. So sometimes it's God. Sometimes it's just a natural course of events. But there are times, as I said, when certain things that appear to be natural can be orchestrated by Satan. And the Bible does show us on a number of occasions that he has the ability to manipulate nature. Let me give you uh, uh, an example here. In the book of Job... In the first chapter, there we find uh, it's, an, it's an interesting scene because God is there in heaven and Satan appears before God. And God asks Satan the question, where have you been? What have, what have you been doing? He says, I've been going to and fro in the earth. I've been going uh, up and down in it. And God says, oh, have, have you considered my servant Job? Satan responds and he says, oh, yes, Job, yes, I, I've considered him. But, 
I can't get to him because you put a hedge around him, around his family, around everything that uh, belongs to him. Uh, You're protecting him. But if you would, this is Satan speaking, he says to God, he says, but if you would pull back that protection and let me get at him, he would curse you to your face. In other words, Satan is saying, Job is only serving you because you've blessed him. You take away that blessing and he'll curse you. So God says, okay, well, here's what we'll do. I'll let you have Adam, but, but you can't touch his physical being. But you can, you can attack him. God gives, God gives the permission. And so then we leave the heavenly scene, and the next thing we find ourselves there looking at the life of Job and his experience. So now, suddenly, Job, this blessed man, this wealthy man, this prosperous man, suddenly he finds all kinds of things are, are happening to him that are destructive. And, and two of the things that happen are directly related to what we're talking about here. So at one point... As the servants reported it, there was fire from God that came down from heaven and consumed your flocks and consumed your servants. So there was a, apparently a, like a lightning storm. Secondly, the servants come and report, your sons and your daughters, they were all in the house together. They were celebrating together. They were enjoying uh, each other's company. And a mighty wind came from the wilderness and blew the house down, and destroyed the house, and your children are all dead. That was the report that came to Job. Now, you see, in the story as it proceeds, we see that Satan is the one who's manipulating nature to bring about the fire from God, as it was called, the lightning storm that destroyed and also to bring about whatever it might have been, a, a tornado or, or whatever it was that brought the house down that destroyed or that killed the children of Job. So in, right there we see that Satan has a certain amount of power over nature. When we come to the New Testament, we find an interesting thing in the Gospel of Mark where Jesus is out on the Sea of Galilee with his disciples. And it tells us there in the 36th verse of the fourth chapter that there was a great windstorm that arose and the waves beat into the boat. And you've probably read that story. Jesus is asleep there at the front of the little boat and there's this storm. The disciples are convinced they're about to perish. They're crying out. Jesus stands up and it says this. It says, he arose and he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace, be still. Now, the interesting thing is that the word that is used here, the Greek word Jesus rebuked is the exact same word that is used whenever Jesus dealt with demonic spirits. So whenever Jesus was in uh, encountered a person who was under the control of the devil, and we read there that he rebuked the evil spirit. It's the same word. So what we see here is that these, um, the, the sea being uh, agitated to the point where the lives of the disciples and Jesus was in jeopardy, this wasn't merely a natural occurrence, apparently, 
it was being manipulated by Satan behind the scenes. Satan was trying to destroy Jesus and the disciples. So my whole point is simply this, that we make a mistake if we fail to see that there are certain occasions when Satan is behind these kinds of things, storms, earthquakes, tornadoes, hurricanes, floods. Uh, like I said, we commonly refer to these as natural disasters or the insurance companies uh, refer to them as acts of God. That's their way of not being obligated. Hey, hey God did it. We, can't, you know, we don't really cover acts of God. That's uh, literally their argument. Uh, but we see here that sometimes these these uh, activities are directly related to the devil. My personal opinion is that the devil has a hand in these things more often than we'd like to think. And there are two reasons why I believe this. Number one, Revelation 9-11 refers to Satan as Apollyon, and the name Apollyon means destroyer. This is what the devil does. He's a destroyer. And of course, this is what happens in these kinds of uh, cataclysmic, catastrophic types of things, right? You think of the, the tsunami back at the end of 2005, and it's estimated that, um, that approximately 300,000 people lost their lives uh, as a result of the earthquake and then the ensuing tsunami. And so in these things where we see this death and we see this destruction, this fits perfectly with what the devil does. And then secondly, in Revelation 13.1, we read about the blasphemy that originates from the devil, and this is usually the response of people to these kinds of things. Isn't it true that so often people say, well, you know, how do you explain the tsunami? How do you explain the earthquake? How do you explain uh, this destructive force of nature uh, in light of your good and loving God? And isn't it true that the atheists themselves often use these kinds of things as part of their argument against there being a loving God? Well, if there's a loving God, why does he let these kinds of things happen? So you see, there's destruction, there's blasphemy, Satan is uh, responsible for those things uh, himself so often. So we see that he is working sometimes in the realm of nature. But then also, we must recognize the devil's work in society. Satan is working among men. He works through political systems, educational processes. He works through things like the media. He works through entertainment industry. Wherever you have fallen sinful people that he can influence and people who are in places of power or recognition where they can influence others, you can be certain that he is active there. And it's important for us to understand this because sometimes we make the mistakes, even though we have a Bible, even though this stuff is spelled out for us here in the scriptures, sometimes we make the mistake of 
of viewing a lot of what goes on around us as merely political or politically or socially related. And that's a mistake. If we fail to see that there's a spiritual force behind the scene. Remember in Ephesians 2.2, Satan is controlling the course of this world. That's what Paul tells us. The course of this world, the fads, the fashions, the philosophies, the ideas that uh, seem to originate just in the minds of men, there's, there's an evil mind behind all of this that, that's manipulating it as well. And so whether it's political, social, educational, religious, business, or otherwise, the devil is at work. Never forget this. Satan said to Jesus regarding the kingdoms of the world, he said, they are mine and I can give them to whomever I wish. Jesus didn't contend that. Remember in the story of the temptation when Jesus was being tempted by the enemy, it says that Satan took him to a high place and he showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their splendor. And he said, all these belong to me and I will give them to you if you will but bow down and worship me. So Jesus didn't dispute that claim because the Bible does teach that. Now, of course, the Bible also teaches that ultimately God is sovereign and even Satan is subject to the authority of God even though he doesn't recognize it. But in a sense, the immediate control of much of the world is uh, under the devil himself. So the world's promotion, we can see it in these things, the world's promotion of humanism, materialism, hedonism, narcissism, idolatry, all of these show the work of the devil behind the scenes. Think about it. Think about humanism. What is, what is humanism? Humanism is the idea that man is, is the ultimate. Man is all there is. Man is the measure. We, um, there's no need for God. Human reason is sufficient to take us where we need to go and to build the kind of world that we uh, aspire to build. Humanism essentially has deified humanity. And that is the predominant philosophy of the Western world today. It's the predominant philosophy that is communicated in uh, every public school classroom throughout the country and, and throughout the Western world. Humanism is, is the primary philosophy. And along with that, you have materialism. And, and not simply materialism like we would think of it in uh, consumeristic kinds of, you know, people are materialistic, but more materialism in the sense that the material is all there is. In other words, there's no spiritual. There's, no, there's nothing spiritual behind the scenes, like I'm saying. Materialism would say, no, no, no. Uh, all, the, whole, the universe is just a material thing. There's no spiritual component to, uh, to it. Men and women are just material beings. They have no soul. They have no spirit. We're just like machines. That's materialism. That's a dominant view today. And then there's hedonism. Hedonism is the idea that pleasure is the ultimate objective of life. 
that it's all about pleasing yourself, living for pleasure. The narcissism is similar, except narcissism is more directly related to self-love. And all of these things are basically forms of idolatry. So in society, we see that Satan is very much at work. And when you listen to these ideas, these philosophies, you know, especially the material the materialism one, and they're all connected. Humanism is essentially materialistic. But, you know, when, when you have people today telling us that you're, you're just a, um, a, like a biological machine, your thoughts, your feelings, and so forth don't really matter. They're all just a series of chemical reactions. And there really is no right or wrong or anything like that because you think certain things are right because that's what your chemicals in your brain are telling you, but somebody else's chemicals in their brain are telling them something else. People believe that. People promote that. That's, that's really kind of where you go with Dawkins and the, the new atheists. That's pretty much where they're at. But when you stop and think about it, you think, oh, this is, how could people think that? There, there's a form of, of insanity that results from these materialistic philosophies. But these aren't things that the human mind alone has generated. The human mind has been assisted by the devil. See, he's that great evil mastermind planting a lot of these thoughts and ideas in the minds of people. So we see his work in society that way. But there's another thing that I need to point out as well, and I mentioned it previously, but just to come back to it, Jesus said regarding Satan that he was a murderer from the beginning. And wherever we see the pre uh, prevalence of murder in a, in a society, again, you know that the devil is at work. Going back to the Job story, that I referred to a few moments ago. There's, there's another aspect to what happened in, in Satan's attack against Job. There was the, the natural thing, the, the fire from God, the, the lightning storm, the, the wind. But then there were marauding bands of Sabaeans and Chaldeans, two different occasions, where they raided Job's uh, goods, and they killed his servants with the sword. And it is clear from the text that they were stirred up by Satan. Satan stirred them up to do that. And so where we see murder, wholesale murder, ruthless, heartless, the taking of human life, you know that this is another place where Satan is obviously working. And the most current example of this in many ways would be what we see with the uh, radical uh, Muslims and the atrocities of ISIS. 
and these horrific stories that we're hearing about them going into to villages of not, this, this isn't a, a war against armies. This is a war against civilians, unarmed people. And they're going in and they're brutally massacring these people. They're beheading them. They're crucifying them. They're slaughtering them. And you look at this, and, and of course, there's a ton of evil in the human heart, but when you look at things like this, you, you've got to see behind the scenes that you know, there, there is this satanic manipulation that's taking place. Back in the time of the Second World War, there was a well-known uh, philosopher in Britain. His name was, um, well, I forgot his name, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> But anyway, uh, you know, he, he was very much a, uh, a naturalist in many ways and rejected the biblical and the spiritual worldview. Um, I think his last name was Goad. And um, he, uh, living through the atrocities of the Second World War, observing what was happening with Hitler, the Third Reich, and all of that, he came to believe in God through, first of all, coming to believe in the devil. That, that was the root. Because when he saw the evil that was perpetrated by the Third Reich, he said, this is, you can't explain this in human terms. There must be an evil spiritual mind. There must be a devil. And then he reasoned rightly, if there's a devil, there must be a God. And so a man who was formerly a materialist, uh, essentially an atheist, came to believe in God because he saw these atrocities that men were committing against one another and he realized it, it had to be the work of the devil. So it, in uh, Hitler and the Third Reich, what you, what you have there is a very deep insight into the personality, purpose, and power of the devil. And of course, the communist regimes have given us uh, similar examples of the evil uh, and vicious character of the devil. And there are many examples that we could cite from the communist era and even currently today um, with the situation in North Korea. But you know, we could also even bring it closer to home and we could talk about abortion. And we could talk about the millions of babies that are slaughtered. That, that's murder. And when you listen to people's rationality behind it, you realize, wow, this is where we see the, this evil mind, the evil mind of Satan at work. And so Satan is working sometimes through nature uh, to bring destruction. He's working through uh, in, in the realm of society through ideology, political perspectives, and uh, those kinds of things, philosophies. But then we come to the final aspect of the devil's work in the world, and that's seen in the realm of religion. Religion, religion is really, it's, it's his greatest weapon. And it's his most destructive weapon not because of what it sometimes results in physically like we're currently seeing with radical Islam but even more so because 
religion, false religion, is aimed at the soul and the spirit of a person. You see, a person might very well lose their physical life, but their, their soul and their spirit are secure and saved. But through false religion, Satan's attack is directly against the soul of man, the spirit of man, the, the invisible aspect of man. What are often called the great religions of the world are actually, many of them, false religions and the most subtle and deadly form of Satan's activity. Commonly called the great religions of the world. If you went into uh, college today, a junior college, or even into a university and took a... Uh, I, I remember years ago at OCC taking a world religion class. And, of course, they approach it like every religion is valid, every religion is legitimate, every religion is just a, another manifestation of the bigger truth or it's just another way to get you to God. But the fact of the matter is it's not like that at all. The common mantra today is that all religions teach the same thing, right? Anyone who says that, you know this about them. They've never really studied the religions they're talking about. Because once you study the religions, you know that, no, they don't teach the same thing at all. What they teach is really quite the opposite. You know, I was talking to a, a Muslim man some years ago, and he was telling me that, you know, well, you know, Christians and Muslims, we, we basically believe the same thing. I said, I beg your pardon, we don't. We don't believe the same thing. Actually, if what I believe is true, then what you believe is false. And conversely, if what you believe is true, what I believe is false. So, this is, as I said... Satan's most subtle and most deadly activity. It's subtle because the claim with religion is that it leads people to God when in fact many religions lead people away from God. Give them a false sense of security and dull their sensitivity to a, a real need for God. And this is his most deadly form of activity because it is aimed at destroying men's souls eternally. So, what is in the category of false religion? Well, in this category is every religion or doctrine, and I'm making a distinction here because not every teaching is necessarily connected to a, uh, what would be an acknowledged religion. You can find sometimes just Ideas out there that aren't necessarily connected to a religion. But regardless, uh, whether it is a, an established religion or it's just a teaching, any religion or doctrine that does not acknowledge Jesus Christ as God's one and only Son, co-eternal and co-equal with the Father, who was born of a virgin lived a perfect life, a sinless life, died vicariously for the sins of the world, and physically rose from the dead three days later, who will also come again in power to establish God's everlasting kingdom upon the earth. Every religion that denies these essential truths is a false religion and the work of Satan. Now, We don't deny 
that there are elements of truth in other religions. And we don't totally deny that there are similarities. When you look on the level of morals and ethics, and, and this is a lot of times why people say all religions teach the same things, because they're just looking on the level of morals and ethics. So you can say that uh, most religions teach uh, charity. You should be charitable to the, the less fortunate. Uh, most religions teach you to pray, and most religions tell you to worship, and most religions teach you to uh, be humble, and uh, things like that. But, but those are dealing strictly with, with moral and ethical things. The, the bigger questions are, what do they teach about God, about the nature of God, and what do they teach about the way of salvation? And that's where the sharp distinctions come in. Because you see, the, the, the biblical picture is that there's one God, and that one God exists in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and the second person of the triune God came to earth as a man, and he took upon himself the sin of the world, and he died as a sacrifice in the place of sinners, and he rose again from the dead to destroy death, and putting faith and trust in him is the only way to salvation. And anything that is contrary to that is in the category of false religion. Now, of course, this kind of, this kind of language that I'm using right now is highly offensive to many, many people. And understandably so. I mean, we're essentially saying what the Bible has always said. Uh, there is one God and there's one way to that God. But Satan has deceived people into thinking that, oh no, you, just whatever way seems best to you or whatever way you, you were brought up in, just be sincere in regard to that religious tradition, whatever it is, and, and in the end, everything will be okay. But it simply isn't true. You know, sometimes even with the Islamic situation, we look at the jihadist element of it, and that's the, the, the negative thing, and it certainly is. But sometimes we're almost tempted to think, well, if you could just remove the jihadist element, then everything's going to be fine. Well, it, things will be much better on a certain level, for sure, if you remove that element. But if you remove the element, it doesn't really change anything as it relates to eternity. You see, because according to Islam, Jesus is not God in the flesh. He did not really die on the cross for the sin of the world, and faith in him does not save you. According to Islam, following Islam is the way to be saved. So there is this conflict. Now, one interesting thing that I would point out before we close is that with all of the religions of the world, with the exception of biblical Christianity, you do have similarity in regard to salvation. Similarity. Inasmuch as every one of those religions teaches that salvation is something you obtain through your own efforts, through good works. 
All religions teach that with one exception. The only exception is biblical Christianity, which says there, it's not by works of righteousness which we have done, quoting Paul, but it's according to his mercy that he saved us. As Paul said to the Ephesians, we looked at it previously uh, some time back. You remember, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works. So biblical Christianity is the only religion in the world that says you cannot do enough good to merit God's favor and earn heaven. There's nothing you can do. You can only receive eternal life as a gift from God because of what Jesus did. So any religion that teaches another way of salvation beside through the grace of God in Christ falls into the category of false religion and something that has been uh, or originated to some degree with the devil himself. And so, again, it fits perfectly with his character. Through false religion, Satan has successfully led billions away from the true God. One of his titles is the deceiver. He's known as the deceiver. That's what he does. Jesus also referred to him as a thief. And this is what Satan does. He deceives men in order that he might steal their souls and rob them of eternal life. So whether it's through the natural realm, in the realm of society, or through religion, these are the ways the devil Some of the ways the devil is at work in the world. He is called the God of this age. Because there's coming a point in the future. We're not there yet. But there's coming a point in the future when all the world will worship the beast who is the devil's man. And they will worship the dragon, the devil himself, who gave power and authority to the beast. He will succeed in deceiving the whole world. That's why he's referred to as the God of this age. So, this is some of the devil's work in the world, but thank God, he is a defeated foe. Jesus, he spoiled, or he disarmed the principalities and powers there upon the cross. And the cross of Christ and the resurrection of Christ was the death knell of the devil and his kingdom. And now it's just a matter of time before that becomes manifested. Thank God that his reign of terror is just about over. And thank God that for those who are trusting in Christ that when that that full unleashing of satanic power and authority over the earth comes, that those who have trusted in Christ will be extracted from the world prior to that. Of course, there will be others who believe during that time, but there will be an intense persecution like there's never been seen before. But, But all of that will end with the return of the Lord to manifest universally his victory over Satan. Let me read to you a few verses in closing that 
make this clear to us. Second Thessalonians uh, 2, 8 and 9 says, the coming of the lawless one, this is speaking of the Antichrist who's yet to come, is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. Revelation chapter 20, verses 2 and 10. The dragon, the serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan, was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are. They will be tormented day and night forever and ever. So the bad news is the devil's still up to his antics, and he will be for a season. The good news is he will ultimately be overthrown. Peter tells us in 1 Peter 5, 8, and 9, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith. This is how we overcome the enemy. We resist him steadfast in the faith. And Paul reminds us so beautifully that at the appointed time, God, the God of peace, will crush Satan under our feet. Hallelujah for that. That's a great and wonderful promise that is yet to be realized totally. But let me just say this in closing. So, okay, this is the world that we live in. These are the spiritual realities that are manipulating things behind the scene. Um, what, what, What do we do in regard to this? How do, we, how do we combat this? And, you know, let, let me just close with a few things that I think, I think the church is, is doing well in, in combating. Think in, 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 the, uh, in regard to Satan's using uh, nature for destructive purposes, you know, it's been so interesting to see in the past decade or so, or even further back, uh, but it seems like it's even become more the case in the past 10 years maybe where whenever there, there's uh, a natural disaster, which we would maybe see the hand of Satan in, the church has so often risen to the occasion. The church has come uh, to, the, to, to the rescue and to the aid of people and where people would have been very vulnerable to the kind of temptation that would lead to blaspheming God because of these things. The church has come in with love and mercy and grace and help and been able to turn things around. Think of uh, places like where the tsunami had its effect. Or I think of the the earthquake in Haiti and uh, how much good the church has done in places like that. And it, it offsets the intentions of the devil as God's people go in in faith and they bring hope and love and peace and, and those kinds of things. I think that's, that's wonderful. In society, as we see humanistic philosophy and all of that overtaking so much of the culture, thank God that the church is rising and has risen in many cases uh, to the occasion with the truth to say, no, that's not right. That's not true. Let us tell you what the truth is and let us show you what God will do in people's lives. And to see people come out of 
places where they've been uh, steeped in this kind of philosophy that, that leads to destruction and even murder. Even in some cases, we, we have seen terrorists come to Christ and turn away from that terror. And this is where the church is offsetting the work of the devil. That's what we're supposed to do. And then when it comes to the realm of religion, and to see as believers humbly go forth with the truth of the gospel to share with their neighbors who have a different spiritual understanding the truth that's in Christ. And we've seen many people come, and there are tons and tons of testimonies of people that have come out of other religious systems. They were born into it. It was their culture. It was their life. But they came to faith in Jesus. I just read the a fascinating book called Seeking Allah, Finding Jesus. It's a fantastic book about a young um, Muslim young man who was devoutly Muslim, not a jihadist or any of that. That wasn't even part of his Islamic theology, but just very devoted to his faith as a Muslim. But through the love and the patience and the witness of others and, and the challenges that came he ultimately had to surrender to the lordship of Jesus. And that's what we do. We're still in the world. That's what we do to offset the work of the devil in these things. But we know in the end, the ultimate victory will come through our Lord Jesus Christ, who has already disarmed the principalities and powers. So may God continue to fill us with his spirit and empower us to go forth as his people with his word to bring liberty to those who are held captive by the devil, whether it's through false religion, whether it's through bad philosophy and, and sinful living, or wh whether it's through bitterness or disappointment or whatever, that God would use us to bring his grace and that others would come to salvation. Lord, we thank you that you are still working and you're working wonderfully in the midst of all of the chaos and confusion and even where it's so obvious that the devil is in control of so many things. Lord, you continue to frustrate his efforts by saving people by your grace and then turning them around and using them to save others. And so, Lord, we don't want to just um, get information in our head about the way the enemy works. We know that's important, but help us to constantly be giving ourselves over to you that we might be counteracting the works of the devil in our day and age. And Lord Jesus, we pray that you would come quickly. Lord, the earth is languishing under its sin. And oh, we long for the day when you will come to save us, to save this world, to set up that righteous kingdom where there's love and joy and peace and none of these horrific things that have been or are yet to be will ever happen again. We thank you for that, Lord. Strengthen us as we serve you, in Jesus' name, amen.